All right. So, okay, it's Hepatitis Day today. What does it all mean? And I was surprised with the stats. So I'll let you speak. They are a bit shocking. So partly it's a bad news story, but partly it's an exciting story. That is, of course, once we get over our technological hitches that you cope so well with just then. Oh, thank you. That made, (laughs) made me wish I had my young adult son in the same room so he could uh, <laughs> rescue me, which is what you always need in those situations. Yeah. Amazing, uh, that, isn't it? <laughs> from the different devices we're all coping with, uh, certainly up here in lockdown. Uh, so, yes, the bad news is that um, hundreds of thousands of Australians, uh, nearly about 400,000 Australians, live with viral hepatitis. And potentially it uh, can go on and cause cirrhosis and liver cancer. And in fact, it's the fastest growing cause of cancer death in Australia. Really? So how does hepatitis give you cancer? Yeah, so it's that progression that unless it's identified and managed, which it can be, Completely, and I can go on and talk about that good news side. Oh, I like but that. But unless, unless that kicks in, it can progress uh, to uh, cirrhosis and liver cancer. And because we've done so well in those other areas like breast cancer, pro- cancer, prostate, skin cancer, etc., with all that awareness raising and all that stuff, they've gone down. And meanwhile, viral hepatitis has continued to grow and it's associated liver cancer. Wow. So, so, can we so talk, that's the shopping stuff. Can we Sorry. talk about the symptoms? Sure. Because that's what many people won't know. And yeah. it's, a, it's a chronic, I mean, it can be acute, like with hepatitis A. Now, you know you had hepatitis A, and some people get that from contamination, particularly travelling overseas, unsanitary areas. Right. And that's acute and severe, and you'll know you're really sick. But with hepatitis B and C, that's the large numbers one. They're really the ones uh, that can be of concern because they're likely to be chronic. You won't know you've got them. Uh, It does vary, the pace of it, but it can be years that you have them before you start noticing. It's a bit flu-like symptoms, but it can then be coloured urine, particularly that yellow, you know, that uh, skin looking a bit yellow, eyeballs a bit yellow, that some people then have gotten a knowledge of hepatitis associated with that uh, those symptoms, but they're quite diffuse symptoms and not, you know, it's not like something obvious, like uh, some open wound or anything. So that's a, that's a problem. Uh, but we do uh, encourage people who might be in that risk group, the main call to action is just go and get a liver function test and then you'll know. So it's actually really easy to test for. We're very lucky. So... Unlike um, some conditions, for example, unlike, say, um, coronavirus, these viruses, viral hepatitis, there's a lot more things we can do, and that's ah, the good news. That is, that is good, good news. news yeah. Yes. Um, so, so what can you do? Yeah, exactly. So uh, if, you know, you have them, and that's why we're in, you know, the immediate call to action, you know, to go and speak to your doctor, but... If you have uh, hepatitis B, it's totally treatable, so you can manage it 
there's good therapies to keep it constrained so that it doesn't progress. But unfortunately, uh, less than half of the people with hepatitis B are actually in management and care. So that's why we want to raise awareness and why this is such a good opportunity. So for, why aren't they in care? Why aren't they having yeah, treatment? Yeah, that's because not enough people are, are doing things like uh, Gippsland Radio and uh, uh-huh. we're, not, we're not talking about it enough. Okay. And it's, I think it's highly stigmatised and many people come from countries where it's even more stigmatised. Uh, it true. varies yeah. around the globe, but um, a lot of places uh, people are shunned, uh, there's overt discrimination and so then they're fearful of uh, raising it because there's misconceptions around how it can spread and how infectious people are. Now, there's even better news, though, I want to make sure we uh, convey around hepatitis C because there's a cure for hepatitis C. So So unlike some things like HIV or whatever like that, there's actually, you can go on a one day, a a tablet, one tablet a day for just eight weeks, you can be cured of hepatitis C. So how do you actually catch it, though? So they're both... So hepatitis B and C are both blood-borne viruses. So you've got to get it transmitted from someone's blood to somebody else's. Oh, okay. And it, it varies. Yeah. Um, for hepatitis B, it's actually most commonly uh, passed down in uterus from mother to child. Oh, okay. I would have gone, okay, it can be blood transfusion or it could Candy. be... Uh, a mozzie? Could a mosquito actually yeah, get... Yeah, no, it can't. So I'm really ah. glad you've raised that. that. That's one of the common misconceptions. So yep. it can't be through food, you know, sharing utensils. It can't be through mozzies. So it's quite a few misconceptions. Always. So mm. it's mostly, um, for hepatitis B, it's mostly mother to child, but you're totally right. It has been through blood transfusion. So up until we even knew about it, yes, in the late 80s, uh, haemophiliacs, for example, have uh, quite a high proportion of people have hepatitis B and particularly C okay. because we didn't we didn't screen for it, we didn't know about it. Not right. We're having a bit of a laugh here. Sharon dropped her pen. <laughs> I, I was just disappearing under the desk. <laughs> now, now, we're meant to be a little bit more, Keith, a little bit more, you know, don't laugh. <laughs> uh, we all have our traumas. We do. Uh, you get that. Um, okay, so that's hepatitis C that you, it's blood. Is that the same for all hepatitis? Yeah, so... Uh, there's actually five different uh, really? viral hepatitis, but you don't let we don't want to complicate it. They go from A to E. A is that acute one from contaminated. B and C are really the ones to worry about. We've got nearly one percent of the Australian population live with Hep B, and a, a little bit less than that live with uh, Hep C. But that's why we're talking yeah. hundreds of thousands of Australians. Yeah. And they potentially wouldn't know that they have it. Is that what you're saying? That's right. Wow. That's right. So it's, you know, it's unlike, say, you had schizophrenia. I remember talking to somebody from a drug company with schizophrenia and they said, oh, well, of course, most people with schizophrenia, they'll be on on drugs after a few years. Well, that is just not because it's overt symptoms. People will go to their doctor. "What, What can we do? You'll get your treatment. Unfortunately, this is 
you know, there'll be low-grade symptoms, it'll be chronic, going on for a long time, and it'll progress. So uh, we, we want to get people asking their doctors early if they're potentially in an at-risk group, and we want doctors uh, and nurses also asking patients who might be in an at-risk group as well, because generally there's just not enough awareness and we're not talking about it. Can I ask you, the liver function test you mm-hmm. mentioned early, was that, would that be the sort of thing that... Uh, doctors would just um, routinely routinely check when they do a full blood check? Uh, For uh, older people, in which I include myself, yes, that's increasingly the case. Not for young people. No, it's not a routine one. Okay, so it's Mm. the young people we've got to encourage to visit their doctor and say, can I get a check for hepatitis? Well, uh, I wouldn't want to limit it to that because uh, a lot of the people with the chronic hepatitis, it will have accumulated and it will be older groups. So, uh, mm. And some people may not be doing all their blood. So mm. it's really worth all, older people, uh, which is a pretty large group, as I, as I say, you know, let's uh, be inclusive there, whatever, 45, 50 on, you've drawn out. Wow. It, it's worth raising it. I mean, it's more likely to be a little bit older, but it's a, you know, as you say, it can be part of your general blood, so it's not a uh, invasive, complicated, yeah, invasive mm. type no of worries. procedure. Now, you did speak about an at-risk group. Who mm-hmm. would make up a, an at-risk group, please? So they're slightly different for uh, B oh, okay. and C. Yep. So, and I'm sorry that it's a bit complicated like that, but uh, hepatitis B, it's, uh, as I say, largely passed on mother to child in communities where there's already high prevalence. And it happens that ours are mostly uh, migrant and refugee communities yep. where they come from countries where it's endemic, Yes, which is for us largely Southeast Asia. But it's also tragically high in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. So for hepatitis B, for example, uh, they have uh, their 70, 7.2% of people with hepatitis B are of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander mm. background compared to, you know, the number in the community, which is, you know, probably 2 to 3%. Mm-hmm. So it is more That's likely and there's a, there's a separate antigen, the Aboriginal hepatitis B strain of hepatitis. So I'm just saying it can be randomly in communities because there's different genotypes around the globe. And in fact, it was World Hepatitis Day, the day, which is today, that you're kindly uh, making note of, was named after a person who discovered uh, the Australian antigen. Uh, A Nobel laureate, Professor Bloomberg. Well, that's good. his birthday, named after him, and he did research uh, on the Australian antigen in the Aboriginal community. Mm. That's good. So there's, yeah, that it, it's, uh, we were part of, I guess, uh, we being the, our country, was part of that uh, learning. We, are do, we do lots of research in this area. But the hepatitis C, just to complete that story, if I could, there are particular population groups there. It's mainly uh, people who are doing unsafe injecting. Yep. As I, or it could be tattoos, things like that. Uh, so it's just where it might be in somebody's blood and there's transmission. 
as I say, prior to the 90s, where we didn't used to screen as actually haemophiliacs, happened to have a large um, uh, population, but also um, the Aboriginal community, again, they're more likely, tragically, to be disproportionately affected, so 11% of them wow. of people with hepatitis C are of Aboriginal background. That's sad. So, mm. Yep. So... Um, is, uh, is there something on a website that people can go mm. and, and look and read and study other than sure. Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> or Dr Google. There's, yeah, uh, Google. Yes, you, instead of those, you could go to uh, yeah, our website, hepvic.org.au. So hepvic. Yes, H-E-P-V-I-C. Dot org. Dot .au. AU. Yep. Is there... Okay, so... Uh, and, that's your you website. know, anywhere there's... Hopefully it's pretty navigatable. Yep. I mean, of course, there's a Hepatitis Australia as well. You just search there. Uh, there's lots of information around uh, the different conditions. Uh, I should actually... I'd love to get into you can vaccinate against Hep B. Ah, okay. What age do you have to be to vaccinate against... Well, it should be it's part of our mandatory program. It has been ever ever since uh, 2000, been yep. part of what our kids should have been uh, receiving. Yep. So there's a birth dose and some follow-up doses. Uh, where people commonly might hear about that if they're a bit older and didn't get that was when they're travelling to, you know, those kind of at-risk countries that I mentioned, you yes. can get the vaccine yes. for travelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you're uh, just... You know, you think you might be family members of others that are at risk and, you know, things like that. So, uh, it's, look, it's a much better good news story compared to, say, the coronavirus because we have these tools. So we do have vaccination for hep B. We do have cures for hep C and we've got good treatment for hepatitis B. So relatively, that's why we talk about elimination. So the world... Health Organisation, the Commonwealth Government in Australia, the Victorian Government here, all aspire to the elimination of viral hepatitis by 2030 because we have these tools. So it's actually a good news story. That would be a good news story. Yes, it would. Look, I I thank you very much for um, hanging in there with our little glitch, but also to come on the uh, program today because it is World Hepatitis Day and educating us a bit more about, well, how prevalent hepatitis is and that it doesn't have to be a a bad news story. It can actually be a good news story because, okay, there are steps to do. It's an awareness. Go and get the, the test when you have your bloods taken anyway. Um, and it can be, it can actually save you, save your life. So look. Definitely. Yeah. Well, no, we don't want people getting... Uh liver cancer do we no we don't no No, so thank you very much melanie for coming in and thank you teaching us no worries fantastic good on you sarah all right thank you bye take care